We are in week number three of a series called Lies We Believe. Everybody say, Lies We Believe. And what we are doing in this series is we are looking at a few of the most common lies that the devil wants us to believe. Because if he can get us to believe these lies, then he can keep us from focusing on the life that God has for us. So he, so he feeds us lies in hopes that we will believe those and get distracted from God's plan for our life. And, and uh, a lot of times we don't even talk about the devil. And I'm not, I'm not talking about him this morning to to bring glory to Him by no means, but I'm trying to to point out that we do have an adversary. We do have an enemy who is out to kill, steal, and destroy. He's out to to bring us down. He wants to get you off track from what God's planned for you. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, but the enemy wants to rob us from that. So we're looking at these lies that, that, that the enemy tells us, and then we're trying to see what the Word of God tells us so we can combat those lies so that we know that the devil is a liar. As a matter of fact, Jesus even said that the devil was a liar in John chapter 8, verse 44. This is kind of our, our springboard text, if you will, for this series. Jesus said this. He said, he, he's speaking of the devil, the devil has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, not if he lies, but when he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a what? He is a liar and the father of lies. So today we're going to look at the lie. We've been looking at at different lies throughout this series. Uh, Today we're going to tackle the lie, you are alone in your struggles. You are all alone in your struggles. Struggle. Uh, maybe a better way of saying that is no one understands what I'm going through. And I, I'm sure that so many people in this room, maybe everyone in this room, um, is maybe in that dilemma right now. You're, you're buying into the lie that, well, they just don't know what I'm going through. And that's something that the enemy feeds us because he wants to make us think that no one does understand, that we are all alone. And if we're all alone, then there's no, there's no hope. There's, there's no chance that anyone can empathize with us. There's no way to get out of this struggle. So we are going to combat that this morning. And I, I can tell you this, that, that as, a, as a pastor, and, and I don't do a whole lot of counseling, but there, ha, there are several times when people want to visit and just try to get help in their life. And I try to you know, give godly advice and speak into their life. But um, out of all the times that I've sit and, and counsel with people and try to help them in their struggle, by far, the most common response that I hear when I try to give them advice and try to give them counsel is, but pastor, you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand my situation. Maybe I'm trying to speak into their marriage and, and it's always like, but, but you don't know how my spouse treats me. You don't, you don't know um, what my work environment's like. You don't understand uh, what I went through as a child. You, you don't know my situation. You don't know how I've been hurt. You don't, you don't know all the things that I've gone through. There's always this comeback of, but you don't understand. In fact, no one understands what I'm going through. I know that there have been people who've, who've had a similar situation, but, but it's not like mine. And so therefore, since you don't understand, there's, there's really no way out of this. It's by far the most common thing that I hear people say. No one knows what I'm going through. And it's interesting that really all of us feel this way. We've, we've all got an area of our lives that we think that, well, no one understands. E- even I do that from time to time. I'll believe this lie of the enemy. No one knows what I'm going through. 
And it's, it's interesting that, that all of us feel alone. Matter of fact, it's kind of ironic that we all feel alone together. All of us feel alone. And I've had this feeling myself as, as a pastor. There have been, there've been so many times. I just feel like the, you know, no one understands the stress. No one understands the discouragement, the disappointment that, that I walk through. No, no, nobody has lived this life. Nobody knows my past. No, no one can relate. And we've, we've all been there. Some of you are right there today that no one understands. Whatever that it is. Maybe it's marital problems. Maybe it's relationship with your kids. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's you know, ministry or job related. It's, but but we're, we're, we're believing that lie from the, from the devil that no one understands. No one knows what I am going through. You know, this by far, I would say, and, and I'm not here to rank these lies in order, uh, but by far this has to be one of the biggest lies that the devil tries to get us to believe. That you are all alone in your struggle no one knows what you're going through. No one understands. He wants you to believe this. This is the place that He's trying to get you to. He's trying to get you isolated. He's trying to make you feel lonely and all alone so that you'll isolate yourself and remove yourself from others because after all, no one understands. And the Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. The Apostle Peter writes this. He says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. And I love this. Then he names who the enemy is. You can't defeat an enemy that you don't name. You have to put in that. Who, who are we fighting? So he says, watch out for your great enemy. Who is he? The devil. It's not your spouse. It's not your boss. It's, it's not your neighbor. It's the devil. Here's what he does. Watch this. And I know you guys know this verse, but, but watch this very significant for what we're learning today. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone. That's a singular that is that's a singular pronoun. He's looking for that one who he can devour. It's like a lion. He's prowling around. He's looking for that one. You ever watch the Animal Planet or, or Discovery Channel and you, you've seen these lions when they're attacking a maybe a gazelle or a wildebeest and and, and they, they don't attack two or three at, this, at once. What do they do? They isolate one. They're prowling around. They're, they're looking for that one who gets away from the pack or the herd. They want to isolate that one. Then they attack that one. This is what the Bible describes Satan as. He's as a roaring lion. He's, he's ro roaming around. He's looking for someone to devour. A key strategy, listen, a key strategy of the devil is isolation. He wants to isolate you. He wants to get you alone and be the dominant voice in your head. And then begin to throw these, what the Bible calls these fiery darts, these, these thoughts at you to make you feel that you are all alone. You're all alone in this fight. No one's here to help you. No one knows what you're going through. There's no answer for your situation. No one knows how you're hurting. No one knows your pain. No one knows what it's like in your family. No one knows what it's like to deal with what you're having to deal with. No one understands what you're going through. In fact, no one even cares about what you're going through. It's like being stuck in the corner in a boxing match 
The enemy is throwing jab after jab and punch after punch and body blow after body blow and lie after lie. He's got you in the corner just beating you up. No one knows. He's isolating you. Here's the tricky part. This is very interesting. You might want to write this down. Satan's lies are easy to believe because they always match up with our feelings. You ever notice that? They're easy to believe because they always match your feelings. Condemnation. Guilt. Shame. They're associated with how you feel. And so therefore, it's, it's a lot more easy to believe those lies when, you, when that's how you feel, right? Well, I, just, I just feel ashamed. I feel condemned. I feel no one cares. Feelings, 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 feelings. Those are the things that help us to agree with the enemy's lies. And the things that he says are lies. We know that. We just read in the Bible that, that there is no truth in him. That is, when he lies, it's consistent with his character because he is a liar. I, I don't know about you, and this is kind of a side note, but when I was growing up, to call someone a liar was, was a bad thing. I used to get spankings from mainly my mom. Uh, I remember I was playing ping pong with my sister down in the basement one time and I hit a shot and it, it was clearly in and she said it was out. And I said, you're a liar! And then I heard my name, Scott Edward Finley! Get up here! <laughs> and then she whipped me. That was just, you, don't, you didn't call people liars. And I should have quoted that verse here, but Jesus called someone a liar. No. But, but when, when Satan lies, even though we know they're lies, they match our feelings. So when our feelings are, are believing what he's saying, it's a lot, we're a lot more apt to believe that. Because that's the way that we feel. That's what we tend to believe. So, so what do we do? How, how do we combat these lies? If we know that these voices that we're hearing are lies, how do we combat that? How do you combat a lie? By knowing the truth, right? And the truth is how you disarm a lie. And that's really the goal behind this series. What, it, what, it, what is the enemy saying? What is the lie? Okay, if we know that that's a lie, well then what is the truth? And when it comes to disarming these lies of the devil, you have to know what the truth is. We already know that he's a liar and the father of lies. So if what he's saying is a lie, then what is the truth? This is where the Bible comes into play. And, and I can't take the time this morning to prove to you that the Bible is truth. I've preached sermon after sermon on that. But you have to understand, the Bible is Truth. And so the way that we're going to combat this lie of the enemy is by knowing the truth. What does God's Word say about this? Because the Bible is the truth. And when you know the truth, then you know when you're being lied to, right? Right? When you know the truth, and someone comes and, and tells you a lie, you know that that was a lie, right? How do you know that was a lie? Because you know the truth. I, I never will forget a great illustration. I won't name any names because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But uh, a few months ago, we were at, well, I won't even tell you where it was because that will narrow it down. But, but we were at an event and I was talking to another dad and he was telling me about this Life360 app. You ever heard about that? Uh, you can put it on, on your, your phone or on your kid's phone and you can track where they are. 
keep up with them. You know exactly. I mean, I mean it's, it's very accurate. You know exactly where they are. Well, this dad was telling me that he had it on his son's phone, and I guess his son was unaware. And his son was about 16, 17 years old at the time. And he was on a date with his girlfriend. And uh, he looks down at the app, the dad does, and, re- and sees that his, his um, son is out at the lake. And this is at nighttime. And he you know, keeps an eye on it. You know, first, it wasn't that big a deal, but the son's been there for like 30 minutes now. So he calls him. He says, hey, what are y'all doing? He says, oh, we're just hanging out at Walmart. The dad said, at the lake? The son's words back was, I'll be home in a minute. <laughs> he knew he was in trouble. See? But it, listen, if the dad doesn't have that app, if the dad doesn't know the truth, then, then he may have believed his son. But because the dad knew the truth, he knew that he was being lied to. This is how important it is for us as believers, as us as as Christians, to know the truth. Because when we know the truth, when we're hearing these voices that say that we're all alone, or that no one understands our struggle, or that you can't do this, you'll never change, you'll always be this way, uh -uh, we know the truth. So, knowing the truth is what makes us free. When we know this truth, it keeps us from the oppression and the captivity of the lies. Jesus said this, John 8, 31-32. He says, if you hold to my teachings, that's very important. This is one of those conditional statements. The if, then. Okay, If you hold to my teaching, in other words, if you know this word, if you stay true to this word, if you, if you abide in this word, you are really my disciples, my followers. That's what that word disciples mean. Then, you will do what? You, you will know the truth. How, how do we know the truth? When, when, do, when do we know the truth? When we, when we abide in His Word, when we hold to His teachings, when we follow Him, then we will know the truth. And what is that truth going to do? That truth is going to set us free. But watch this key statement here. It is only the truth we know that sets us free. It is only the truth we know that sets us free. And I, I know I'm treading dangerous ground here, but please hear my heart. It's not even verses that we can memorize. Just memorizing Scripture is, is not enough. It's not even you know, going through something and, and going to look it up. Okay, what does the Bible say about it? That's a good place to start, but it's when you're convinced of what this says. And you know the truth. That's when you are free. Nothing can, can, can bind you. Nothing can hold you captive because you know the truth. You know the truth. I, I heard a, a pastor the other day on the radio and he was, he was talking to one of, his, um, uh, one of the people that attended his church. And of course, he was sharing this. He wasn't actually talking to him on the radio, but he was sharing this in one of his messages and he was saying, you know, he's talking to them and asking them if, you know, uh, how their life was going. And, and, and the person responded, well, I'm just trying to be a Christian. And he says, trying? What, what do you mean trying to be a Christian? That's, how's that going for you? Have you ever tried to be a giraffe? It's not possible. And his point was, you, you don't try to be a Christian. Either you are or you aren't. I, I know. Now, it took me a while to realize this. You know, when I first was was you know, trying to get in the Word of God and trying to give my life to Christ. I, I wasn't convinced of this, and so I struggled with, am I saved or am I not saved? You know, I was one of those that was at the altar every single week, you know, giving my life to Christ again, receiving salvation. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. 
But there's a scripture, I think Pastor Brad brought it up in his message last week, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I know that I'm a Christian. I'm not trying to be a Christian. I am one. I know that. You cannot convince me that I'm not. I, I don't care how the enemy lies and says, well, Scott, if you were a Christian, you wouldn't have looked at that person that way that you did today. You sure I still make mistakes from time to time. Sure I still fall from time to time. But I know that that does not change my identity in Christ. I know who I am. And that's the kind of knowing that we have to have. When the enemy tries to throw darts at us, we have to know what the truth is and not be convinced by that lie. It's the truth that we know that sets us free. And the only way to know it is to read it, meditate on it, study it, and then apply it to your life. That's the only way you're going to know it. You can't just read it and try to memorize it. You've got to read it, meditate on it, think about it, study it, and apply it to your life. That's when you begin to know, and that's when you begin to set be set free. So what does the Bible have to say about our struggles? Are we all alone in them? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. If you have your Bibles, go there quickly. If not, you can follow along on your smartphone or you can just watch the screen up here. Here's what the Bible says. The temptations, now this word temptations, when you look it up, it can also mean adversities. Alright, so I, I want to, if it's okay with you, I want to I substitute that word temptations for adversity for today's teaching. The adversities in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the adversity to be more than you can stand. When you are faced with adversity or when you are dealing with a struggle, and by the way, can I just help some of you out because you're, you're thinking that I'm reading too much into this temptation. So those, those temptations, if you're going with, through a struggle, you are tempted to give in or you're tempted to just quit or you're tempted to stop going to church or whatever. I mean, it, it's all applicable. So he says when you are Faced with adversity, when you're dealing with a struggle, when you're tempted, God will show you a way out so that you can endure. There are two truths that we have to know about our struggles that are listed right here in this passage. And the first one is this. I am not alone in my struggles. And the second one is God will make a way for me to endure. Those are two truths. Remember, the lie today is you're all alone in your struggles. No one understands. Well, I just read one verse to you that, that, that really debunks that lie. I am not alone in my struggles. And there is a way out. There, there, there is a way that I can endure this. Oh, I just can't. It's just too hard. It's just too big. You don't understand my situation. The Bible says that God is faithful and He will make a way for me to be able to endure what I'm going through. So I want to take these two truths and I want to break them down and give us application for how we can apply it to our lives so that we can um, um, walk out of or endure the, the, um, the struggles that we are currently in right now. So here, here's this first one. I am not alone in my struggles. We're personalizing it. Look at 1 Corinthians 10.13 again. 
Uh, we're going to personalize it this time. The struggles in my life are no different from what others experience. What is the lie? You're all alone in your struggle. No one understands. What is the truth of God's Word? The struggles in my life are no different, are you all hearing me, than what others experience. I was thinking about this this week that, you know, there are 7.6 billion people on this planet. And for you to be the only person who is going through what you are going through is nearly impossible. 7.6 billion people. Someone has, someone is, and someone will go through the exact same thing that you are going through right now. Matter of fact, struggles are part of this world. Struggles are part of this life. We're all, this is where the message gets really encouraging. We're all going to experience struggles. In fact, Jesus said this, John 16, He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Isn't that encouraging? Man, you want a word that will inspire you? You're going to have trouble in this world. You're going to struggle in this world. But struggles are part of this world. Everyone goes through them. Everyone deals with them. I would say this, that everyone is in one right now. To some degree or another, you're in a struggle right now. Which means we have to, write this down, here's the application, we have to reach out. Everybody say reach out. We have to reach out. We are far more vulnerable to the lies of the devil when we feel alone and are not connected to the body of Christ. And Satan knows this because he's a, he's a lion. He's prowling around. He's looking for someone to isolate so that he can devour them. So he's going to work hard. Watch this. Very important. He's going to work hard to isolate you from the body of Christ, to get you away from brothers and sisters in the Lord, get you out of relationships. And he does this by telling us these lies that no one understands. Well, I would go through a small group or I would talk to someone, but they're not going to be able to relate to what I'm going through. Punch after punch, lie after lie. The devil says, no one knows how broken you are. No one knows how hurt you are. No one is going to understand. No one is going to be able to relate. You are all alone. In fact, I'm not even sure you're a Christian. Because look how weak you are in this moment. Look at all these other people who go to church. Look how strong they are. If you were really a Christian, you would be strong. Why can't you get it all together? What's wrong with you? These are lies that the devil throws at us. Why can't you be like other people? Look at, look at Pastor Scott. Look how strong he is. You never see him weak. You never see him going through these things. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. <laughs> Watch this. Look at this next point. Everyone is struggling with something. Some people are just better at hiding it than others. Everyone is struggling with something. Some people are just better at hiding it than others. And you find this out when you 
reach out to other people. You, you find out just how other people are struggling when you begin to reach out to other people. Matter of fact, the body of Christ is an incredible blessing that God has given to us. Our brothers and sisters in the Lord, are incre- they can be an incredible blessing to us if we will just reach out, if we'll just try to get involved, we'll just try to talk to someone. So the devil knows this, which is why he is going to fight to keep you from experiencing the beauty of the body of Christ, the protection of the body of Christ, and the blessings of the body of Christ. See, when, when we attend small groups and we form relationships, we find out how other people are struggling. And we find out how other people are hurting. And on many occasions, we find out that there are people in, in our um, small groups or in our relationships right here in this body who are going through the exact same thing that we're going through. It's amazing. And, and I'm, you know, this, I am promoting small groups, but this is not a message to necessarily just to promote small groups. It's, it's a message to get us, if you're struggling with this lie that I'm all alone, the only way you're going to realize that you're not, or one of the ways you're going to realize you're not, is when you begin to reach out and try to connect with the body of Christ. And so many times in the context of small groups or, or, or with brothers and sisters of Christ, just maybe in, a, in, in just a relationship, a one-on-one, you begin to open up, you begin to talk to them, you are going to hear that they are struggling with things as well, that you're not alone. I can't tell you how many times I've sit in a small group and, and just kind of opened up about some things. And then the next thing you know, you hear how someone else is battling this and someone else is going through this. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit begins to inspire you and encourage you to let you know, see, you're not alone. Everyone is struggling with something. And I love the beauty of it when you hear someone that's going through something and then all of a sudden someone speaks up and says, you know what, I went through that exact same thing just six months ago. And here's what God did to bring me through that. Let me share some some things with you. And then your story, your testimony begins to inspire them and encourage them to keep going. Are y'all hearing me this morning? I've heard how people have, have lost a spouse and, and someone else they got connected with had gone through the same thing, how someone else had just got laid off their job and then the next thing you know, they're opening up and someone else opens up and they had gone through the exact same thing and they become close friends and they work together. But you got to reach out. We were never meant to be alone, especially in times of trials and suffering. Now we're to be there for one another. It's in the context of these, these small groups where, where we find hope and courage to keep us going. It's in the context of these small groups where we're inspired by other people's testimonies. Now I realize that, that really that Jesus is the only one who will, who will fully understand. And He's really the only one who can comfort us at the deepest level. But I also believe that He's given us our brothers and sisters in Christ to walk along beside us and to encourage us, and to speak life into us, and to bear one another's burdens, as the Apostle Paul writes, and to to assist us, to just inspire us with their story. We're better together. Matter of fact, in Ecclesiastes, I just spoke to the youth about this, I don't forgot where it was found, but it's in Ecclesiastes. It says two people are better off than one, because they can help one another succeed. And let me just say this while we're on reaching out. If you're one of those who are on the other side of the struggle, in other words, you've already come through that, you need to reach out to, as well. And you, need to, you need to get connected to those who are going through what you've gone through 
so that you can use your testimony to help them. Maybe, maybe you see that they're having trouble with addiction or they're having trouble with this or that and you know that God has brought you through that. Use your story. Even though God didn't cause that struggle, God will use that struggle. He'll work it to the good so that you can help other people. I was telling some guys that, that stopped by here this past week. Uh, they were with uh, John 3.16's ministry. It's a, it's a recovery. It's, it's similar, I believe, to Teen Challenge. People are going through addictions and things, and then they, they go to rehab, and it's a Christian-based thing, and, and, and they, they help get them back on their feet to show them that, that God has a purpose in their life. And, and two of the people were actually, uh, that were here uh, this, this past week were actually residents, and they were telling me you know, what they'd been in jail for and all these things. And I said, man, let, let me just tell you something. The only difference between you and me is that you got caught and I didn't. You know, there are things that I did in my life that I could have gone to jail for, so don't, 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 let going to jail be an indicator that, that God doesn't have a plan for you. God does. And, and you can reach people that I would never be able to reach because you can identify with them. I can't. You know, I never did heroin or I never did hard drugs or things like that. And so for me to try to relate to someone who's going through that addiction, there, there would be a disconnect there. But for someone who God has brought through that, they can relate to them. They can truly empathize. Man, I know what you're going through. I know what those withdrawals are like. I know what it's like to try to, to recover and just, you know, you're going through hell and it's just crazy. I can relate. And here's what I did. Here's what God brought me through. So if you're on the other side of a struggle this morning, I want to encourage you to, to reach out to someone that you know who's going through that. So you're not alone. The struggles in my life are no different than what other people are experiencing. So if that's the case, then I need to reach out. Reach out. There's a reason the enemy is lying to you. Because if you believe that you're all alone, then no one can empathize with you. No one can help you pick up the broken pieces of your life. And no one can, can call you to account for your sin as well. Because, oh, they don't understand your pain. And if you believe you're all alone, then no one is there to give you grace. But together we are not alone. We have to reach out. Everybody say reach out. Reach out. Second thing that we have to do is we have to reach up as well. Reach up. Not only does the Bible say that our struggles are common with what others struggle with, but it also says that God will provide a way to endure. Matter of fact, let's go back to that 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, the adversities in, in my life are no different than what other people experience. And God is what? God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation or the struggle or the adversity to be more than I can stand. When I am faced with adversity, when I am faced with the struggle, God will show me a way out so that I can endure. The first truth that we saw there was that I am not alone in my struggles. The second truth that we see is that God will make a way for us to endure. As a matter of fact, we, we read the first part of John 16, 33 a while ago. Let's go ahead and finish that. Some of you are like, why didn't you finish that? Because I, I was saving it for this part of the message. Jesus said this, In this world you will have trouble, but, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. He's like, you're going to have struggle, but take heart. When, when you're in me, I'm going to help you. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Listen to me this morning. The struggle is real, but so is Jesus. You seen those hashtags? Hashtags, the struggle is real. 
<laughs> it is real. But so is Jesus. And he has overcome this world so that we might put our hope in him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, speaking of Jesus, who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. Watch this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. In other words, we don't serve a God who can't relate to what we're going through. He knows what you're going through. And I just, someone needs to hear that. God, you think this morning that you're all alone. You think that no one cares. You think that God doesn't even understand or know what you're going through. Can I just say, this verse proves that God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows the hurt. God knows the pain. God knows the struggle. God knows the situation. He knows every detail about the situation. But we have a high priest who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now watch this. Because we have this kind of a God who can relate and empathize with what we're going through, here is the application. Here is our step. Let us then approach his throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to do what? To help us in our time of need. Man, this is so important. What is the enemy trying to say? You're all alone. No one understands. But the Bible says there is no temptation that's not common to, that, that you're going through that other people have not experienced. So we need to reach out. And then he says God is faithful. He will not allow you to go through an adversity that he's not going to be there for to help you endure that. So then we got to reach up. So we reach out to other people so we can be inspired by their story, so we can be encouraged by their testimony, so they can help us bear this burden. And then we, we reach up to God because God is faithful and will help us and give us grace in our time of need. The Bible says He's going to give us grace to help us endure the struggle. This is what happens when you reach up to God for help. You begin to see that His grace will help you. And this is important because the enemy is going to isolate you. He's going to make you think that there is no hope. But reach up. And not only will God's grace help us in our time of need, but learning to rest in that grace during our struggle is going to make us a better and a stronger person. Now, you may not like what I'm about to say, but, uh, and Kayla, I appreciate that prayer a while ago. I was like, okay, yeah, they better remember that in about 35 minutes. You may not like what I'm about to say, but, but it's the truth. And as your pastor, my responsibility is to teach you the truth. To help you to be, to be shaped into the person that God wants you to be. Okay? So here's that truth. God uses our struggles to grow and develop us. I know we don't like them. But God uses those that, to help us grow and develop. Now, I am not saying that God causes those struggles but God will use those struggles to grow us. and develop. Matter of fact, that's how you grow. There's resistance there. If you want to grow bigger muscles, it's going to hurt. Well, You've got to lift. You've got to you know, do those weights. And man, it's going to be sore. It's going to be painful. That, that's why I don't do it. But it's a, it's, it, 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 there's going to be resistance there, right? But it's that pain and it's that endurance and that's, it's that resistance and that continued discipline to push through that pain. That's where there's going to be growth. 
The Apostle Paul had struggles. All of them had struggles, but specifically the Apostle Paul, he wrote about one of them in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. The Bible calls it a thorn in the flesh. I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, I've got an, an inclination. I've got an idea, but I don't know. The Bible doesn't necessarily name it. It says there was a messenger of Satan. We don't know exactly what that looked like, but I do know that it was a struggle for Paul. How do I know that? Because he prayed three times for the Lord to remove it. As a matter of fact, let's just read this. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 through 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, watch this, my grace is sufficient. That grace to help in the time of need that we just read about. My power, here's, here's what this is important. My power is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore, Paul says, I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Wow. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships. Can I just add, in struggles, in persecutions, in difficulties. Because I know that when I am weak, then I am going to be strong. Well, I know that's, that's tough because most of us were not there. But I'm just telling you that through those struggles that God is trying to build us, He's trying to shape us, He's trying to develop us. Paul discovered that it was through his struggles that God was growing him into a warrior. That God was growing him into, to, to become a world changer. And he's not the only one who discovered that. James also had this revelation. James chapter 1, verses 2-4, through four, watch this. Consider it pure joy. <laughs> my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Are you joyful about your struggle? Here's why you should feel joyful, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Once again, I'm here to tell you, God doesn't cause the struggles, but God will use those struggles to grow you and develop you. Paul and James both knew this. They wrote about it. They knew that these struggles, watch this, were an opportunity to become more mature in their walk with Christ. They knew that their struggles were an opportunity to go through something so that they could gain victory and then have a testimony to share with other people. Listen, here's something you may have never thought of before. Without struggles, you would never be able to relate to people who are going through the same thing. But God has brought you through something. God has, has, has graced you with the power to endure that struggle so that you can be a blessing to other people who think that they're all alone and that there's no hope in this world. So what do we got to do? We got to let our pain have purpose. We got to let our struggles have cause. We got to let God grow us into a warrior so that we can overcome our adversities. Then God will use our story and our testimony to help others. Here's my last verse. I believe you guys, I, I don't know if you read this last week or not, but I, I want to say you did, or maybe it was in your previous message, Brad. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Watch, watch this. This is... Man, the Holy Spirit was just like throwing scriptures at me, just like, Scott, here's how this fits. I'm like, Whoa, God, that's too good. That's, you know, it's, it's amazing. They triumphed over him. Speaking of the saints triumphing over the devil, who is our adversary, who is our enemy. 
that they were victorious over him. How? By the blood of the Lamb reaching up, right? And by the word of their testimony reaching out. They overcome him. How do we overcome those adversities? How do we overcome the struggle? By reaching up the blood of Jesus, looking unto him who is the author and finisher of our faith, keeping our focus on him, reaching up to him who is faithful, who's going to help us to endure the struggle, and to reaching out, using our testimony to be a blessing. Take this, devil. You thought you had me down, but I'm going to go share my story with other people, how, how God has brought me out. He's going to take my testimony, and he's going to bring other people out. Amen. Thank you for that one hand clap. <laughs> Feeling alone is a dangerous thing. And Satan will use loneliness. Satan will use loneliness to rob you of your joy. And to rob you of the life that God has for you. To keep you from focusing on God. The enemy will make you think that no one understands what you're going through and that you're all alone in your struggle. But the devil is a liar. Amen. You, you better get used to saying that. You better get used to saying that. I, you, I, I've done some weird things, a lot of weird things, but um, I, I, I've had thought in a public place before, and I didn't mean to really say this out loud, but I had a, a thought come through my head, and I said, devil, you're a liar. And people look at me like, what? I didn't really mean to say it that loud. You know, I don't, I don't want to be one of those weird people. But, but, but you got, you got to get used to saying that. We're gonna, as we move into the series, we're going to get into where the Bible says you've got you to take every thought captive. And every thought that arises that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you've got to say, whoa, 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 no, no, no. That's not of God. You've got to reshift. That, that's a lie. That's a lie. Devil, you're a liar. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what God says. I know I may not feel that way right now, but, but my feelings are not what's truth. The truth is what God's Word says. You better know that. But this morning, you are not alone in your struggle. There are people who do care about you, who do care about what you're going through this morning, who have gone through what you are currently going through, and more importantly than people that know and that care, God knows and cares. And He understands and He wants to empower you this morning in your time of weakness. But you have to reach out and reach up. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank You for Your Word this morning. God, I am thankful as we read in the book of Hebrews that, that You're a God who can empathize with our weaknesses. God, You're a God who knows what we're struggling with. You're a God who knows our situation, every detail about our situation. And God, I know that even as I was preparing for this message this week, God, I could just sense in my spirit, Lord, that this, this message speaks to so many people. There are so many people today who feel that they're alone in this fight. People are battling depression, discouragement, anxiety, stress, marital problems, relationship with their children. God, it's just it's pulling at them. And the enemy is doing his best to feed them lie after lie to make them think that they're all alone, that there's no way that this is going to get better. There's no way that, that anything good is going to come out of this. And Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, that you would just energize them with the Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit envelop their lives, Lord, right now to show them that you care about their situation. You know their situation. And you want to use them. God, you want to work through their struggle. 
so that they could be an overcomer. So that eventually, God, that you can use them and their story to help others. God, I pray that right now, Lord, that your love would just be felt by every single person in this room. That they would know how much you love them. They would know how much you care. Heal hurting hearts today in Jesus' name.